You are listening to the REI Central Podcast presented by Maven Realty. I'm your host, Troy Gandy, broker in charge of Maven Realty, with my co-host Dan Rivers, your eco-friendly realtor. This is a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to all things real estate and real estate investing in the Charleston market. REI Central is a monthly real estate investing meetup presented by Maven Realty and Clear Vision Coaching. An REI Central event takes place every month right here in the Charleston area. We would love to see you at our next event. Also, please know that we are not attorneys or accountants. The contents of this show should not be considered legal or financial advice. The discussions in this show are not intended to be professional counsel. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Okay, thanks for tuning in to episode 39, season 3. Yeah, you guys are both on. Of the um, REI Central Podcast presented by Maven Realty. I'm Troy Gandy, the broker in charge of Maven Realty. Um, and with me, as always, is Dan Rivers, your eco-friendly realtor. How's it going? Um, more than a realtor these days, though. He's doing everything. Doing all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff. Um, we have a really exciting guest today. Um, works with a, a kind of a celebrity here in town now, big multifamily acquisitions guy. Yeah, his ego doesn't need to get any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so we're excited to get into it with this guy. We're going to delay the release on this a little bit, so... Because uh, we're trying to do once a month, and this guest is very busy. You've got to pin him down because he's traveling a lot. So um, we'll hang on to this one for a couple weeks and release it. But I think a lot of our listeners are going to know you or know of you because you've talked at a couple of our events. So I think they'll yep. they'll know who we're, who we're talking about. Um, I think we might skip the market update. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, I'll just say it's, what, April 12th or 13th. And uh, there were 700 single family detached homes in mm-hmm. less than Tri County, so it's, it's a similar stat as about 10 days ago. Yeah, pretty much the same. And even this spring, I've already started seeing a, what feels like a trickle of new listings coming in. Just getting back to that seasonal swing, but the buyer activity is so pent up. I don't. I think it's going to be pretty static. It'll be about the same. Um, hopefully, in the fall though, it'll start to lax off a little bit. Maybe go back to normal. The one thing I have seen is like if you're not if you're trying to push the market now, homes may sit just slightly. I have seen yeah. a couple of reduced prices because they really try to push it. Mm-hmm. And it's as we've mentioned before, my opinion is it, you will see a little bit of that stabilization, maybe a slight um, increase in values. But when you're really trying to push 30 percent over what the value really is saying it is now, yeah, I have seen a few of those homes kind of sit get lowered and then get gobbled up like, yeah. within a week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have one right now as a like, kind of a low fee listing for a guy in Savannah. And I told him, I was like, I think we're a little high on the list price on this, but he wanted to shoot for it. And it's um, we're just not getting a lot of activity because rates have shot through the roof. So that's going to really dampen um, you know, those price increases. I think we'll get back to normal appreciation, but this none of this like crazy lottery ticket appreciation that we've seen. And I think that's important too, um, is pricing the home properly when you're going live in the MLS. I know we all want to get as much money as we can, but exactly what you just said, if you push it too much, what's going to happen is you're going to have to lower it and then people are going to think something's wrong. Then you're going to get lower than if you just priced it at the right point. You have way more activity and maybe get a, you know bids on it rather than having it sit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, interest rates, what are y'all seeing for rates? I've seen some a lot of fives, right around five. Yeah, it's right, uh, especially the retail, the regular QM, Mortgages are right around that 5%, mm-hmm. um, give or take a little bit. I have um, seen the non-QM products anywhere from mid-fours to into the sevens. Yeah, So yeah. yeah, I finally just closed my Seabrook refinance, and it was it, it, we started at 4.75, and I ended up at 5.75, Yeah, which is 
it hurts with that price point because it's like four hundred and sixty thousand dollar note, so pretty pretty big jump. Just a know. couple extra bucks. Yeah. yeah, just a few. So um, yeah, well let's go ahead get into our guest today. This is Nick Burton with Legacy. What's going Wealth on? Holdings. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you very much. Another I'm it so far. Another one of these guys from Ohio that has come down. It was a no-brainer, you know, when I was deciding on where I wanted to move to, I made a spreadsheet of, like, and I gave a point system to Of course everyone. you did. It's like Cleveland, <laughs> D.C., Charleston, Florida, all these things, and I had a point system from close to the beach, close to friends, close to family, property tax rate, income mm-hmm. tax rate, all these things, and Charleston, it wasn't even close. It was, like, a complete blowout. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we did the legacy event, so Nick is the acquisitions... Um, guy for 10 so yep. you guys are partners on yep. the majority of the holdings over there yep. i guess right so um i think tim takes a lot of the spotlight i think sometimes because he's got the big personality tim tim is the spotlight guy yeah he, he loves it and he's really good at he it he is good at um it. you know you need somebody from your team to kind of be the face mm-hmm. um I, that's one of the things that tim talks a lot about like if you're not on social media if you're not grinding out social media and grinding out content people don't really care like just show them what you're doing. Yeah. It can be good, it can be bad, it can be I'm going to take my kids to school, yeah. anything like that. He is a master of it, and uh, he's just doubling down on it. Yeah, he, he's been saying that a lot, just branding, pushing branding, which is absolutely right. I'm really bad about it. I rarely ever do it. Um, but we, so we had a legacy event here in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably like around a year ago or so, but a lot of the Ohio folks came, a lot of people yep. from the colder climates came, yep. and I could see their wheels turning too. They were like, how do I move here? <laughs> we we have a couple people from up in Cleveland still that are thinking about jumping ship from yeah. Cleveland. Like, Cleveland is as good as it gets three or four months out of the year, and then it's just gray and cold for the other eight months out of the year. I know, man, because I'm from West Virginia, yeah. um, and I like it just snowed up there last week, you know, yeah. so I... I, you know, I miss the seasons and stuff. We mm-hmm. still have, like, a little bit of seasons, but it's... We have the perfect seasons. Yeah, right. Our winter is just a nice spring-fall mix. It's not that stays. It's, it's awesome. It's, yeah. there's, there's no winter. Yeah. yeah. At all. I mean, we don't even, like, insulate our pipes usually because it's... That was one of the things when I moved here. I was like, I need to go buy space heaters <laughs> yeah. from underneath the house just in case <laughs> something goes wrong. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I grew up in, in D.C. and Virginia, so I got all the seasons, but I'm... And it got, gets pretty humid there, too. But I'm really worried about the humidity here in the summer because yep. I haven't experienced it yet it's since bad. we got here in November. Mm-hmm. So it's I gotta tell you, it's, it's it's being from Boston. Yeah. Um, July and August are super humid in Boston. My first year here, I remember being like it was hotter in Boston in July and August than it was in Charleston. Really? So believe it or not, if you've experienced that extreme humidity in those climates, it's gonna be the same. The difference is it's four and a half, five months instead of two months. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah, I mean, we get that coastal breeze. That helps a lot to sort of mm-hmm. pull the heat down. But, um, you know, I'd rather deal with that heat than cold and, like, really bad s- snowstorms and ice and sleet and stuff for two or three months out of the year. I, I was thinking about this because I was down in San Antonio when they got that huge snowstorm uh-huh. in February of last year. And it it was the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I told myself, I'd much rather live somewhere that gets really bad snow but knows how to deal with it and somewhere that doesn't and doesn't know how to deal with it yeah because like you couldn't mcdonald's closed 7-eleven closed every gas station closed yeah you couldn't you couldn't do anything like the day like i remember like on the phone 
Domino's opened at like 10 a.m. and I was just calling and calling and calling and calling <laughs> yeah. and I finally finally they answered. I ordered four pizzas and I say pizza for like three days because you couldn't do anything and then they closed at like 11 yeah. because they were sold out. Just had to get out of there. We yeah. had a bad snowstorm here like three four years ago, and there was it was bad. Like we don't have salt trucks. Yeah, there's no trucks. There's yeah. no plows really. The whole city shut down for yeah. like a week. It was crazy. And nobody um, knows how to drive it. They don't. It's yeah. really bad. Lots of wrecks. And then um, our infrastructure, just like in Texas, was not. It's not built for that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people lost power just from all the um, ice and stuff on the lines. But that's that's. It's only snowed here that I can recall twice, and I've lived here for like 15 years now so wild yeah so i know our listeners are loving the snow talk (laughs) and the the weather talk for the last five minutes we'll we'll hop into it though we're we're gonna go we're gonna find out who nick is who is nick still trying to figure it out (laughs) no i uh next the guy with the mullet that everybody knows i just i just cut it i just just cut it but it's like the shortest mullet you can have now I'm growing it right back out. So I cut it myself. Yeah. I just chopped the back of it off, and it just looked horrendous. So then I just had to go get a haircut. And, yeah. I've done. And that I'm like, before. I need you to keep as little of a mull as I can because I'm going forward yeah. again. Yeah. But awesome. uh, like you said, I'm director of acquisitions for Tim. I've been with uh, well, Mr. Tim Bratz. Been with Tim for uh, about seven years now. It'll be seven years in about a month, and. Uh, yeah, we single flipped a lot of single family, wholesale a lot of single family, and then in 2017, pumped the brakes on that, decided to go all in on multifamily. Been buying multifamily only pretty much ever since. We have a couple cooler properties mm-hmm. that are kind of one-off stuff um, as well. But yeah, just buying and holding multifamily, and I like to collect a lot too, which I'm sure we'll probably dive into a little I bit. I added later. that on here for yeah. your fun stuff. Um, <laughs> For your, how many units do you guys have now? Right now we're about four thousand. Yeah, about four thousand. We're in the process of selling around a thousand, mm-hmm. but we're looking to pick up about a thousand this year as well. Okay, is that just reconsolidating? You just want different assets and stuff? Yeah, it's just, do I want to hold this for the next ten years? If it, if I have to think about it, we're just going to get rid of it. Yeah, um, we built the balance sheet. Some of the stuffs in more C class areas that maybe we just don't want to hold anymore, or it's smaller. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of the buildings we bought to build a balance sheet in 2017, 2018, up in Ohio, it's like an 11-unit building, a 24-unit building, mm-hmm. a 36-unit building, all that stuff. It's just it's the same amount of time as a 150-unit building or 250-unit building. So we're just trying to clean it all up and set ourselves up to go go really hard at it. Yep. And are you staying, you're staying down in the southeast now, right? Yeah, or will you still expand out? Yeah, we'll... We'll buy anywhere if it's over 100 units, but our main focus is within a couple hours of Charleston. I would say Charleston, Savannah, Beaufort. Uh, we're we're building a couple uh, properties in Beaufort right now, cool. in Rankin, Georgia, and that stuff. So um, we just bought a house and an island down in Beaufort. Right. So our that's where we want to be. If I yeah, can pick should. anywhere, it'd be Beaufort, and we're building two properties right now i think it's 82 townhomes and another 60 apartments and these are really the two development deals that i've been kind of involved in Mm -hmm. and uh if they work that's all i want to do like that's that'd be awesome so yeah uh hank maxwell is actually the the builder on those uh, sarah's husband yeah and uh yeah 
that's that's what I want to do. Is if these go well, they should be wrapped up in, by the end of the year. Cool. Or double down on the building. Yeah, I wonder how um, build the rent goes now. Now that the cost of everything so high, even construction though, but that um, I mean, if you can't find anything really with a good cap rate these days, you might as well build it. Yeah. Sure, smart move. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, as long as, well as Tim's like, let's go buy, let's go buy, let's go build, let's go buy, and I'm like, Tim, let's just. Get through these two. Yeah. Let's just get through these two, and as soon as we know, we have proof of concept, we that Hank is our guy, mm-hmm. we will go to the moon. Go crazy. We yeah. will go crazy. We'll build hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units a year, and I'd like to do that, but I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah, that's I mean, there's partnerships are, sorry, I was just going to say, that's why partnerships are so important. Like, if you guys both thought the same way, you would maybe go, right. both go at 100 miles an hour. Sure. It might not be the right move. Sure. It's good to both be going 100 miles in the... Yeah. Different directions. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's actually been a huge, huge piece of our team. Like, there's like I can't five, six, seven people that are like really core of our team now. Mm. And the five people who started it in 2015 are all still there. Yeah. And uh, we're really good at keeping each other on board. And Matt Carlin, our COO, he's like, he if. If we didn't have him, we'd probably be in some really stinky situations. We talked about that. You and I did, I think, coming back yeah. from that last event. I was like, I can't believe how much you guys get done with a team the size it is. Yeah. Like, y'all, you'll get, y'all get a lot of shit done. The holdings, all the event stuff, mm-hmm. um, marketing, the boardroom calls, like, that's a lot of stuff for a tight we, team. We try to... So, the majority of the team works on our existing holdings. Mm-hmm. I do not. I don't want to. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I want to do. I'm strictly acquisitions. I find it. I buy it. Mm-hmm. And but it's also my job to set up people to win once we do that. And that's that was a huge learning curve in the beginning for me as I didn't do as much due diligence as I probably should have. I didn't set our, set all the guys up to win. And uh, now it's uh, I'm pretty much the only person on acquisitions. Fatty raises all the money. Mm-hmm. Tim's kind of the face and kind of pulls it all together and then we have a whole operations team right so uh but as far as the boardroom calls it's just one day a week for me yeah it's and as far as the events it's only i don't really spend a lot of money thinking about or spend a lot of time thinking about the events mm-hmm. sarah's an absolute it monster all. yeah we just hired um uh, annalise is part of the team now annalise ag okay yeah so she's part of the team now helping out sarah and Tim cool. and some stuff too how many people are in we'll get into this later but boardroom or legacy, they change, right? So it's legacy family now, right? Yep, in, legacy in general, family. that's the multifamily education piece of your, your enterprise. Yep. How many? You guys have changed that. So there was a smaller, um, more exclusive group, and then there was the bigger boardroom group yep. for people that want to learn to syndicate and right. um, be in this multifamily space. Those have been consolidated yep. now. How many people are in that at this point? Sure. So the reason we did that is because we were just running around doing event every month. Yeah. We had, I think six commercial empires, we had four legacy family events, we had two summits, we had uh, two virtual summits, mm-hmm. and it just became way, way, way too much to, because we we make our money by doing deals. Mm-hmm. And if we're running around just doing events, we're not really putting, we're not really moving the needle that much. Yeah. And uh, so we scaled that back. Right now there's about 150 primary members in legacy family. Okay. Right around 150. I think the count today was like 145 or 146. So cool. That's good to know. I don't awesome. blame you guys for doing that at all, man, because that's so much travel and equipment you have to lug around and logistics you have to deal with with like 
food and speakers. It's hotels. it's insane. Like the stuff that like I hear Sarah talk about it, but like at these events we have to pay for internet in the room. Yeah. We have to pay for electricity in the room. Yep. The electricity might be five grand <coughs> just to get electricity just for our camera equipment. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that's insane. That's why REI Central, which is a completely different ballgame, yeah. but that's why we still do it where we do it because they don't, they just let us show up and do our thing. Like, yeah. we don't have to rent the room. We don't have to, like, pay for coffee, <laughs> you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's it's so much easier. That's a really difficult business to be in. Um, but, but I think it's super valuable that I just joined a Legacy Family. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it mm-hmm. um, just because I was like, for anybody listening out there, you're like kind of teeter tottering on it. My thought was, you know, I don't necessarily go out and buy multifamily. Mm-hmm. I invest passively. I'm in one of Tim's, a few yeah. of other ones, and um, but I've just heard the the camaraderie, the the relationships you meet there, just the overall, you know, you're around million dollar minds, mm-hmm. and I just heard how Absolutely. amazing it is. So I'm excited. Yeah. It, it it is probably what I'm business wide probably most proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been people that have come through there that have just for a monetary goal made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then there's also people who have come through and made some of the best friends in their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there there are people in there that I've met, like, have you met Jeff Guo? Do you know Jeff Guo? Uh, yeah, I think so. I met him at the Charleston one here, I think. I would die for Jeff Guo. Mm-hmm. I never met him. He came to Commercial Empire, but then he joined Lake's family. Like, Jeff is like a saint. Yeah. Like, it, there's just some amazing, amazing, amazing people in there that I could call him up right now and say, hey, I need... $50,000, like, don't ask questions, and yeah. they would just send it to me for whatever reason. So it's yeah. it's pretty cool that um, uh, they help people in there have helped me out personally. They've helped me out financially. They've yeah. helped me out every way that I can have, and it's cool that there's 150 of these people. Yeah. And we, we really don't allow bad eggs, and we, we've had some bad eggs, and we get rid of them. I mean, it's that, not worth the time. That's, that's what I appreciate. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not worth it. We yeah. at, at one point, it was, hey, screw it. Let's just scale this and then it it was uh, that was a bad idea and we're really really happy with the crew that we have now yeah i mean it's just sincere like everybody in there um really is helpful with one another and there's mm-hmm. not like a bunch of competition or ego sure uh, it's really indicative just like watching the core team that you guys have even just like behind the scenes mm-hmm. operate everybody's like helping each other and like picking up slack wherever they can and sure. stuff and that translates to the group but the quality of speaker you guys gets crazy like yeah. badass speakers i was a huge time. dallas cowboy fan back and then you get, then you get Smith. Smith. i'm a huge i'm a huge washington fan now commanders washington the commanders that's <laughs> the worst name by the way yes. it is <laughs> i almost horrible. prefer football team i know <laughs> but it was funny like i actually got to spend half an hour just me sarah and um and emmett smith in the back room talking awesome. shop and uh cool cool story about about emmett smith in before he went up on stage, he was standing in, like, the kitchen. That's where, like, the entrance to the back of the stage was. It was, like, in the back of the hotel kitchen or whatever it was. And Tim's like, you know, a lot of people would call this lucky. And it's just me, Sarah, and Emmett Smith. And uh, he's like, you can tell he's, like, getting real serious after Tim said getting lucky. And Tim starts naming off Emmett Smith's accomplishments. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just BSing, like. Eight time Pro Bowler and Emmett Smith like under his breath goes, Were you lucky? <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, All time lead rusher, Were you lucky? Three times Super Bowl, Were you lucky? And he's like hyping himself up. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so awesome. And I'm like, Look at Sarah, I'm like, Do you see what's happening right now? Uh, he was like the nicest human alive. Yeah. Um, great guy. 
That's awesome. awesome. I didn't get to go to that one. I wish I had. We was that in Orlando? That was Austin. Okay, yeah, I think that was before. That was the first one. Yeah, the first big summit we had. Joined yet? It's hard for me to do those with a toddler. It's kind of tough to. Sure. Like the Orlando one, I didn't get to go to because we were literally at Disney World like the week before. I was like, I can't turn around and just go back. But um, you're gonna really like the events. Are awesome. Oh no, I'm pumped. I'm ready for Denver. I fly Denver. in from Boston they're, the day before and out to Denver. Notch. Yeah, they're I'm top notch. Super yeah. pumped for that. Okay, well, this is why I wanted you here, though. I like just chatting with you. Um, how did you get in with Tim? How did you guys get started? I went to OU, Ohio University. Okay. I was an entrepreneurship major. I was in the entrepreneurship club. And the entrepreneurship club was taking a trip up to Cleveland. Uh, I don't know. Just, like, for a Friday night, come back Saturday or something like that. And we were going to go up and meet with just a bunch of business owners. Mm-hmm. And Tim at the time had a meetup group, like a million cups of coffee, I think it was called, like mm. meetup.com group, and it was just business owners. Uh, not necessarily real estate involved, and we went up, we did some other things, and then we had dinner with all, like 30 business owners. And it was this real long table, and I just so happened to sit across from Tim. And had no interest in real estate, didn't know a thing, didn't realize that was a thing that people did, like yeah. completely, just meant nothing to me mm-hmm. and uh, I talked to Tim with for a couple hours we had a couple of drinks and uh, the next day I sent him an email I said let me come work let me come intern don't have to pay me whatever whatever you want to do I'll do and this is in 20 I think it was I actually saw like the email I think recently of I think it was in like February March of 2015 mm-hmm. and uh He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So that <laughs> that day, I purposely failed every class. Oh, wow. And I didn't tell Tim this for a couple of years because at the end of the internship, I told Tim, we went to Panera, and he's like, yeah, I'll write you a letter of recommendation, whatever, you did good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Tim, I'm not I'm not going back. Yeah. He didn't know I couldn't go back, but I'm like, I'm not going. Yeah. He's like, you burned, whatever. You burned the ships. But, yeah, but, it's, but I, I look at it this way. So my, my parents gave me some of the best advice I ever had. They said, Nick, you're 20 years old. Do whatever you want. You can lose everything. And you didn't really lose anything because you don't really have anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. And I was like, all right. My grandparents felt a little differently. They're yeah. older Greek, uh, Greek grandparents. But in my mind, how do you graduate being an entrepreneurship major? Yeah. You drop out and you start working. Yeah. If you graduate kind of failed so yeah. in my mind yeah. that was my selling point to myself so but it's crazy i almost didn't go on that trip because it cost fifty dollars <laughs> but fifty dollars as a college kid is like a yeah, month a of lot. booze and mm-hmm. frozen pizzas it's a lot of ramen, ramen noodles yeah yeah exactly yeah. so i remember thinking at like midnight i wasn't going i was like if i can't go if i can't spend fifty dollars on my future like, what am i doing mm-hmm. and i did it and changed my life forever been with tim since then that's awesome so you were like 20 you said 20 that's crazy yeah yeah, that's amazing, man. That's, um, a, that's an awesome story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all right. So there you go. And Spend good on fifty Tim. bucks, everybody. Go. We get I get those calls like emails and stuff, especially through Bigger Pockets all the time. They're like, hey, you know, gimme, gimme, gimme. But they don't normally offer anything in return. It's like I'll work free. I'm already broke as hell. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna learn more here. I'm gonna get experience that I. Can. It's just an investment. Yeah, we have, and I, I think another thing is Tim had the exact same mindset as he does now, is just, we're going to light the world on fire. I don't know how, but we're going to do it. And we have people hit us up 
all the time now that are like, hey, I'll come work for free mm -hmm. and I'll intern and stuff like that. And we've tried them out a couple times and they almost always fall off. Mm -hmm. I think I think because we give them like the grunge work kind of, mm -hmm. like, and they're like, no, I thought I'd be doing this. Like when, when I started, it really was just grunge work. It, yeah. There was no shiny, like Tim really wasn't doing much when I started. So there wasn't really like, a big sell other than the vision like people want to join us now because we have four thousand units and they want to just go buy apartment buildings it's like no i need you to just go run around and lease yeah properties up in cleveland like just go sit at open houses and do that for yeah. a couple months there's something. definitely a level and they fall of off they they like all fall off yeah there's for sure a level of entitlement um and you can see it usually when it's coming you're yeah. just like i can tell by like the way you're carrying yourself and what you're wearing and the way you're talking that you're not gonna do the hard work you sure. know you're you're looking at like the the 40 50 year old you in the boardroom mm -hmm. not the stuff you have to do to get there so it's tough to notice that um i forgot what i was gonna say uh, i was gonna ask you so when you went i think you said 2017 you said okay no more single families you yeah. went to multi-family can you talk a little bit about that transition and was that difficult have yeah mindset type of deal not not really i think we we're all really excited about it and, it, and it's kind of cool how it works like we we're single family only. We did a couple hundred houses, but the fact that it was four houses this month, zero the next, ten houses, mm -hmm. zero houses the next two months, one house, it was just always chasing the deal. Yeah. That was it. And with multifamily, you chase it once and then you get paid forever for it. Yeah. So I, we, it was very, we sold our last flip. We were good wholesalers, we we're bad flippers. And we sold our last flip and said, that's it. And as soon as I started asking for multifamily, like I said, hey, I don't want single family. I just want multifamily. That's all I started getting. <laughs> People don't know what you want unless you ask them for it. Yeah. You tell them. So it was it was pretty easy for us as far as single family versus multifamily. It's just a couple more zeros. Yep. And, and inspections are harder. That's about it. I, I would almost argue that it's a little bit easier because Tim... Tim talks about this a lot. There's so much more equity to chop up, so you can bring in people to yeah. take over the roles that you're not very good at. Mm -hmm. Like, Tim didn't have to go find the deal because I can go find the deal. Tim didn't have to raise the money because Fatty can go raise the money. Tim didn't have to manage it because Carlin can go manage it. Mm -hmm. And there's enough equity for everybody to chop up instead of single family house in Cleveland is we buy it for 40 grand, we move it for 60 grand. Yeah. What are you going to do? 10, we have 10K of holding costs yeah. and stuff and 10 grand to chop up between five people yeah and one issue with that single family is just gonna blow you out of the water sure you know it's not it's such a bigger spread with apartments that if issues come up you normally and you can rearrange things too so you can sure. increase rent over here you can drop an expense over there sure and over a certain period of months you can kind of make all that back up absolutely do y'all see multifamily is the real sexy one right now right um has it been more difficult lately to find things yeah it's been real tricky the last year year and a half ish um we bought i think last year we probably bought around thousand units and uh this year we haven't bought anything yet mm -hmm. but we're going through selling a lot of stuff so yeah. we're selling it because we're getting the evaluations that we we're going to get four years from now mm -hmm. and we might as well just get rid of it and pump it into something nicer so People are getting super competitive. A lot of cash offers. Cap rates are super compressed. Mm -hmm. People are paying crazy money. 
and as of right now, I can't really compete with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know I can do deals. I'm going to do deals this year, and uh, but the the competition is as high as ever. Yeah. What, what is the competition? Do you, you seen it more institutional buyers or just new people getting out there and wanting to get their first deal so they want to kind of overpay? It's more. Overpay. I think it's more institutional. People are just getting. Uh, these funds are just throwing down crazy cash offers for mm-hmm. three, four percent cap rates, and I just I can't compete with that. My my money's more expensive than theirs is. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to my my big goal for the next like 30, 60 days is really, really, really understand creative financing and how to make better offers. So I sat down with Dusty mm, cool. yesterday for a couple Some hours. Uh, I'm sitting down with uh, Paul and uh, Paul Larson and Jeff Guo mm-hmm. tomorrow. I'm sitting down with Tim and Fatty and stuff like that, and I'm trying to just build my arsenal up because I can't really beat these people on price, but maybe I can beat them on terms. Yeah, on something else. So Yeah, that's the tough thing. What I've seen a lot of um, newer syndicators, too, get into stuff, and I see some things just get bid all to hell. It's crazy. Yeah. And I understand they're excited to get them, sure. and they're looking at that stabilized long-term pro forma, but what a lot of them don't seem to understand is when you're syndicating, at least, you're only really going to keep the cream, whatever comes off the top mm-hmm. of it. So... It's probably in a lot of cases not worth all the time and energy and risk that you're you're setting yourself sure. up for for like a really small. Yeah, you're paying ninety five cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. ninety cents on the dollar. So, yeah, I get it. Um, I'm I guess I'm a little spoiled now that I don't have to yeah really compete. Like I don't have to buy anything mm-hmm. now. I have all this investor capital that is like begging to be deployed. So yeah. we we want to try to deploy that, but. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I understand if if I was starting out, it's much easier to buy five, ten, fifteen, twenty unit buildings than hundred plus units. There's yeah. only fifty some thousand hundred plus unit buildings in the country. Mm-hmm. There's only so many in South Carolina and Georgia. Yeah, for sure. So it's yeah. but that's kind of a plus and a minus. It Good is. thing is I can burn through them and contact all of them. Bad thing is I burn through them and I contact all of them. And yeah have to redo it and then nature of that too with the syndicating is um if you do it right hopefully you don't have to put much of your own capital into it obviously i'm i'm buying the smaller stuff myself right now just Mm -hmm. because i kind of like being like a sole operator but it's 80 70 to 80 percent loan to value Mm -hmm. so i'm pulling 100 to 300 thousand dollars of my own capital out every time to Mm -hmm. do that so it it's more cash intensive sure really for me to do the smaller ones than to do those bigger ones just because I'm not in that world. Yeah, we we don't use pretty much any of our money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have a couple huge sales coming up, and we might do something with that, bumping into something boring, mm-hmm. something B class and boring. That's what we want to just start doing. Yep, B class boring. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be my new motto: B class. You should get some shirts. Yeah. Well, so speaking of that too, we'll touch on a couple of the fun assets you guys have. I, I assume some of the more like recreational assets you guys have are probably largely because of that competition, right? Because it's just been hard to find the multifamily. No, it's more so Tim's late at night scrolling, <laughs> yeah. and he says, "Hey, this looks awesome. I can mad scientist this and make money, and we go buy it." That's yeah. pretty much how it works. So, monster cabin in Tennessee. Yeah, we we have the Legacy Lodge, which is huge. It's have you been there? No. It's spectacular. Yeah. Uh, it's it's beautiful house in North Carolina. It's just we bought it for a couple million bucks, of course, seller financed, and 
it, cool story with that is we we've like raised the value on it by like almost double wow. at this point because when we bought it the septic lines it's a huge house like 10,000 square feet mm-hmm. it's 10 bedroom 10 bath something like that but the MLS could only list it I think as a three or four bedroom because there weren't enough lines yeah. from the septic to the house mm. and I think we paid like three or five grand just to run another line or something and now we can mark it as a 10 bedroom that's crazy it yeah it's, so, it's nuts, man. It looks like a Disney property or something. Yeah. It's huge. It's it's beautiful. And so, yeah, we, we just Airbnb that. We host events up there. I think there's some weddings happening there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's awesome. Super cool. And Has the revenue been what you guys projected there or, or more or less or still getting going? It pays for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it pays for itself and probably makes a couple bucks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not super involved in it. And we have the island. Yep. That seems pretty cool. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's huge. First of all, mm-hmm. it's four hundred acres. Damn, I didn't uh, know it was that big. It's it's three hundred acres of marshland. Yeah. So, but a hundred acres is still massive. It, mm-hmm. It's the length of the island is about three quarters of a mile. Mm-hmm. So it takes you 10, 15 minutes to walk from one end to the other. And there's a house there. There's a barn. There's a big shed. There's some trails throughout, and it's just huge hundred foot trees kind of throughout yeah just a couple gators okay in, nice. in a pond there yeah. nice big ones uh they're probably five feet all right not too bad yeah maybe five six feet the bigger one yeah you can keep them they can be like mascots something like that <laughs> we were thinking about letting some chickens go on the island but those wouldn't last probably yeah. pretty long but yeah, it was the island and then we just bought the closest mainland house mm-hmm. to the island which that house is spectacular, yeah. spectacular as well and you guys are planning on doing kind of like an event center, like almost like a resort kind of there? Yeah, so the mainland house, we're going to have weddings and stuff at. Mm-hmm. And then the island's going to be like retreats. Yeah. So we'll put up uh, either kind of luxury glamping tents or some little cabins. Mm-hmm. Still figuring that out. The, the island is completely, it is an island. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to get insurance for it. Oh, yeah. Got and it, it was just a nightmare mm-hmm. but I remember thinking like if my biggest problem right now is getting insurance for an island that I own that's pretty good that's not a problem yeah, at all it's a, good it's a fun so, problem but they're like where's the closest fire hydrant <laughs> the I don't know the water uh, <laughs> there's water all around it yeah 20, yeah. 20 feet away they're like where's the closest road I'm like I don't know I, I don't know and so that that was kind of a nightmare but it's it is a badass island it kind of reminds me of Defusky you guys looked at the Fusky We So when I was doing my due diligence on mm-hmm. the island, I called all the islands. There's like Fusky, I think Goat Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one that starts with a D. Dewey's. Yeah, Dewey's. Uh, I called all of them and figured out how they work. But those islands are like inhabited. Yeah, they're different. They, they yes. are. They have some utilities out there. Mm-hmm. They have like ferries that go back and forth and stuff. So this is just one house on an island. Yep. You gotta get there yourself. Yeah, it's pretty rough. I mean, you know, it's a different beat. Like, Defusky's cool. You should go down there sometime. I love that place. Um, they had a big, crazy resort down there, but it's defunct now. Um, but they've got, like, half the island is still Gullah Geechee, so it's underdeveloped. A lot of families go back there mm-hmm. and spend parts of the year there. And then you go through a gate. It's, like, very black and white. It's, like, super divided. It's really interesting. You go through the other side of the gate. And there's like some luxury developments down there that are all like million dollar plus houses and they have a golf club there. 
and then they have the old resort in the middle and the only way to get over there is with those ferries the luxury they have down there is being so close to Hilton Head mm -hmm. so there's just a lot of access to it sure um, but you should go down there it's really cool that sounds sweet yeah, yeah so the the island and the house are I think well it's about 45 minutes from Savannah mm -hmm. so what's that 30 45 minutes from Hilton Head yeah something like that yeah it's a great location and it's blowing up down there I mean we're we have I have MLS access down in Beaufort now. I've been looking for stuff down there. It's awesome. Yeah. Beaufort is awesome. Awesome is great. I mean, it's gonna be a little Charleston. I mean, it already sure. kind of is, but the amount of money and development that's going mm -hmm. there, it's leaving here and going down there is pretty impressive. And Walterboro is starting to see some similar improvement too. There's a big surf, you know, those big artificial surf compounds. Yep. There's one going up there somewhere. Cool. So that's gonna help that area a lot too. Oh, that's Walterboro. Yeah. Okay, I thought for some reason I heard Mount Pleasant. No, I doubt they could afford that. But no, they said, they released a press release about it and said that they wanted to be kind of between Charleston and Savannah, close Starkville. to 95. Yeah. So, uh, it's yeah. Spot for it. Let's see. see. Where are we at now? Oh, we could talk a little bit about um, biggest challenges you're facing right now. Um, getting, getting cheaper money mm -hmm. uh, is one of our big hurdles right now and making really competitive offers. Let's say it's these people are just buying everything up they're getting huge evaluations or selling stuff at huge evaluations so yeah making competitive offers in the cheaper my money the more competitive offer I can make yeah. so it really backtracks to getting cheaper money so deal with that and really understanding so I've been going through kind of a more education over the last couple months since we've been selling a lot of stuff. I'm trying to get myself ready for when it's time to buy. So trying to understand the money more, understand creative finance more, understanding what kind of loans we can get and building up systems and processes and all that kind of stuff. I've really been focused on that. So when the floodgates open, I'm ready to rock. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think is going to be? So you see, Obviously, you can't, you know, a crystal ball, but we got all these institutional buyers, like we talked about, buying at 3 and 4%. Right. Um, interest rates are going up. You know, things are going to get a little shaky. Do you, are you guys predicting, like, in the next few years, some of those are going to come back on the market because it de defaulted, or, like... hope so. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been saying things are going to calm down for the last... Mm -hmm. Ever. Ever, yeah, Since yeah. I've been starting in real estate. <laughs> Yep. But it's funny, the stuff that I could have bought in, when I started in 2015 is like, man, I totally should have bought this stuff, but you're going to say that forever. Yep. Yeah. So I don't see anything slowing down. Maybe I don't think it's going to speed up as much as it did in the last two years, but I don't, I think it's going to be almost just as competitive over the next couple of years and maybe five years from now yeah. it'll start dwindling down a little bit, but People are overpaying, and rents are going through the roof. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford these super luxury rents. Rents are, I think they say like normal, it's like 3 to 5% a year, and rents are going up 15% mm -hmm. a year right now. And people aren't going to be able to afford that. That's yeah. why I bought the house, mm -hmm. is because I don't want to just deal with that. It's going to be the same amount. That I'm paying for the house and yeah. that, and it's fixed, and I can just write it out. Yeah, and you know, it's a big savings account basically. You're right. just paying it down. Um, well, that's, that's also why like people are nervous about the interest rate going up to five to six percent, but rents are going up too. So yeah. at the same yeah, time, yeah, I was kind of upset about yeah. my interest rate in November. Yeah, and now I'm like, this is awesome. I think I'm like 
3.4 or something oh, like that's that. Great. That's amazing, yeah. But I was like, I wanted to be below three. Yeah. Like, that was my big thing, is that because my buddy got two nine like at the same time. Yeah. Man, I, like, well, the I wish hard, I could have been in the twos. I mean, the rent, the rent issue is so unsustainable. That, that'll probably continue on until a lot of these new units that are being constructed and more affordable developments hit. But that's going to take a while. Sure. That. Like these young professionals, why are they going to pay $3,000 a month of rent? Yeah, I mean, for anything decent, I was looking around here, it was like 2500 bucks mm-hmm. for like a nice place, but it wasn't like you bring $2,500 to Cleveland, you're mm-hmm. the penthouse in a, <laughs> downtown. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, that's why I want B-class boring. Yeah. I want B-class, clean stuff built around 2000, 2000, 2005. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit dated. Rents, if I had it around here, maybe they're like 1500 bucks or yeah. something like that. Just really clean, really boring. Because when the market's amazing, B-class stuff stays filled. When the market tanks, people in the A-class they buildings, down. they're going to drop down to B-class. Yeah. So I think it's the safest. I think it's the easiest. Mm-hmm. There's there's still some meat on the bone because you are going to come in and put some money into it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm focused on. Yep. Yep. It's a good asset. Well, and the, the problem, too, with all this stuff is it's not artificial, this this constraint on inventory. I mean, it's really supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not – people are hoping that the whole thing just, like, deflates at some point, and then they can pull off their lines of credit, go crazy, and buy everything up. But that's just not likely to happen. I mean, you're still trying to find cheaper money. Yeah. The issue we had however many years ago, 15 years ago, was that – you could get cheap money too easily. They were just mm-hmm. giving you money. Sure. And that artificially inflated everything, and that led up to a big default bubble. And now our hindrance is truly supply and demand. So, I think it's, like we talk about, real estate is very area-specific. We mm-hmm. talk about it nationwide as a whole. But um, I think areas like the southeast, my opinion, is it's not going away. So even if there is a rock, it's going to be in the areas where people are leaving. Yeah. The north, the west. Mm-hmm. You have less population there because they're moving to the southeast yeah. so you might have more inventory pop up quicker than an area like Charleston which had 750,000 people in the tri-county live here what about four or five years ago and it's going to be close to a million in the yeah, next couple of years like, close to the influx of people it's in the low inventory and then the people moving here mm-hmm. I, I just think that combination is going to keep us set a little bit tighter and and before we're 5,000 maybe a healthy market single family homes on the market it might have to be six or seven mm-hmm. because of the amount of population that's moving here yeah. so, sure and Charleston's yeah. surrounded by forest yeah right? yep. protected forest so can't and water on the yep. other side yep. so you can't really go out you're 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 gonna have to stop at some point yep. so it can only just improve here, build up here, and improve whatever's existing. So. Yeah, that's why buying here at almost any point, especially if you're going to live in the property, you get the lower taxes and you're not paying rent, long term is going to be a great investment because there's such a limited amount of land here. Sure. All three of us are not even from here. We're all transplants from other places. Yeah. I rarely meet people that are like, yeah, born and raised. You know, Almost everybody moved here from someplace else. Yeah. It's crazy. So... Yeah, that's cool. So let's see where are we at. We're getting about forty-two about minutes. So. Yeah, no, it's been a great conversation. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit of advice? You kind of touched upon a little bit, but someone starting out in the multifamily. Sure. There's a couple big pieces of advice. I'll start with the biggest one. I think don't get discouraged. That's a huge thing that I deal with. I see a lot of other people dealing with it. I don't get discouraged, but I, a lot of people I know do. They think 
hey, I'm gonna. This is my first deal. I'm ever gonna look at. Oh, Nick won't partner with me on this deal. This is terrible. I'm never doing multifamily again. Yeah. So, a couple things. Just because I don't like a deal or you don't like a deal doesn't mean it's not a good deal. Mm-hmm. It's just not for us. Mm-hmm. There's a million other people out there who would probably be interested in doing this deal. Mm-hmm. So that's a that which leads me into my second piece of advice. Partner up with people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do everything yourself. Give up. Tim says this all the time. He would rather have 25% of a watermelon than 100% of a grape. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of equity to be chopped up. If you've never overseen a $2 million rehab, let alone a single-family house rehab, don't take on the project management of a $2 million rehab. Yeah. Just don't do it. Give up 15 20% of the equity for somebody to do it right because mm-hmm. if you do it wrong, you're going to have no equity. Mm-hmm. So partner with people. Don't get discouraged. Scope the plumbing lines. That was our probably biggest <laughs> learning lesson. Mm-hmm. And scope the plumbing lines. Don't give equity. Don't give roles to people who've never done that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least for like asset management, property management, project management, stuff like that. Those are probably it. Uh, and and get get some yeah. get some wins under your belt. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go straight to 100 plus units. Like mm-hmm. it's very very hard to do it. People do do it. But if you just want 100 plus unit building as your first deal, you might be looking for a while. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very tricky. I recommend getting some wins under your belt, build the balance sheet, get a five unit, get a 15 unit, mm-hmm. take down a small storage facility, something like that. It's more important to build your balance sheet early on so you can qualify for some of these bigger deals. Right. And people, your investors too, people that are going to LP on these things. Absolutely. They want to see that you've yeah. done something. Mm-hmm. If you just ask for, Five million dollars first deal. I'm not probably, it's, probably, it's probably not going to go well. I get a lot of those messages, and they're like, "Hey, I'm new. I'm looking for a hundred plus unit. I'm looking for investors." I'm like, "You, you got to do some other stuff first, man. It, it's just sketchy to get sure. somebody that much money." Yeah, or or just partner with people that do do it. So yeah, uh, Chad Cavanaugh mm-hmm. in Legacy Family. He went. His first building was a hundred plus unit. He went from I think it was. Or it's like a 65, but very soon after it closed 100. But he went from zero to like 400 units, three, 400 units in 13 months. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Yaden and Jennings. Yeah, they have a ton. Out of here. Sure. I'm time. pretty sure they're over a thousand right now. Yeah. So they they came through our commercial empire program and they lit the world on fire. But mm-hmm. I think they started with like a 40 unit, mm-hmm. a 60 unit, uh, maybe some smaller stuff other than that. But they're. They, I'm sure they would tell you the same thing, like, just get some wins under your belt. And they would say, too, get that education. You know, sure. join something like Legacy. Sure, um, absolutely. Yeah. We feel like we're in the position to coach people because we like to think we've made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we're going to keep making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to keep making mistakes. But we really don't make the same mistakes twice. Mm-hmm. So learn from us. Learn to scope the lines. Learn how to get our KPIs and our trackers and our checklists and stuff like that. Use that to we come to whatever you're doing, but it gives you a huge head start. Yeah. Dude, I mean, in this world, and I've heard me say this a bunch of times, you either win or you learn. And sometimes you right. almost want to mess up a little bit and learn because you're going to win a lot you know, a lot more and a lot bigger wins that way. Yeah. Sure. So If you can afford to lose yeah. on one and it's not going to bankrupt you, then the next five 
or ten deals are gonna be much more successful because sure. you learned a hard lesson on one. Sure. Um, well, you touched a bunch of our next questions on that one. So, you got anything you need from the audience? I know you're trying to sell about a thousand doors, right? Yeah, I'm more so more so new deals. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're selling we're selling a handful of stuff right now. Uh, it's in Ohio, Illinois, Louisiana, and Georgia. It's right around a thousand units. Smaller stuff. Everything uh, in Ohio is under a hundred units. Everything outside of Ohio is over a hundred units. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm really just looking for some deals. I'll even buy some smaller stuff here. I'll buy a fifteen unit, twenty unit building. So if you guys have anything, please reach out to me and uh, happy to partner up. Mm -hmm. Happy to spread the equity out and do some deals around here. But I'm really and and I'll even look at. RV parks, mobile homes, storage, warehouse. Mm -hmm. I'll look at anything in Charleston, Beaufort, Savannah, along the coast. Yeah, we should buy that pool club. I want to. So it's it's super close to me. Yeah. And uh, I I got the financials from them after you'd sent it over to me. I think I dove into it a little bit. It's cool. I mean, that whole place is... It's, it's a weird it's spot. It's so weird. I couldn't make sense. I'm a member over there. I like it a lot, but I... I don't know if we're supposed to disclose much about the financials. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just really confusing. Yeah. Because it's just a weird model. Yeah. Um, we can talk offline a little bit more about that one. Yeah. yeah. I got some info. I, I'd, yeah. I'd love <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I, I'd love to buy it. Like, across the street is weird. There's some weird stuff going on that mm -hmm. way. But uh, we almost, I almost moved there. Yeah. I almost moved to that development. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an awesome place, but no parking. No backyard and blah blah blah. So yeah, it's an interesting. It's uh, a really cool style. Imagine you like Europe. Yeah, that area. Is yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that sometime because it would be cool. Because um, we're members, so we have a lot to say about it. But <laughs> yeah, we might we might meet you. Though. I gotta bring yeah. Naya there this year. Yeah, we can go. Come I mean, hang out. In the summer, when our kids aren't school, I mean, there's a lot of Ori's friends. We just get a cabana and post up over there like almost all day. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. So there, there's room over there where you can do some cool stuff, but um, uh, it's tough. Goals. Oh, I, I do have one more need. Okay. I am looking for, like, a gym or a warehouse to rent once a week for, like, three hours, like, Wednesday night, 7 to 10, and I'm going to start a ping pong club. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dan might have something well, for you. let's chat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy five, ten tables. You've been talking to Dusty, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's chat. So, I'm, <laughs> I, am, I am looking <laughs> for something work. like that because I really want... Ping pong's like the only sport I can still kind of like actually play. Like, wait, it's a sport? <laughs> we'll let you say sport. Yeah. <laughs> no, Olympic <laughs> sport. It is in the Olympics, isn't it? It is in the Olympics. Yeah. But that that's like a little passion project I'm, I'm working on right now. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, they might have something for you over there. Yeah. Um, if not, we could help you find something. Um, goals. Why do you do all this stuff? Why do I do this? Um... Uh, I just want to have fun. Mm. I just want to do. I, I remember I was. I went hiking up in. Uh, think about this lot. I went hiking in Boulder, Colorado. And I forget what the big mountain is there, but there's a big mountain there. And I hiked to the top of it, and there's all these people smoking weed up at the top. And one of these stoner guys, he, he asked me, I was just sitting up there reading a book or something. And he's like, What do you like to do? And I remember just thinking, uh, or I, I told him, I said, I like doing what I haven't done. 
Hmm. Like, I just want to do new things. I want to go new places. I want to try new foods. I want to do all this stuff. So I, I want to just keep trying new things. Mm-hmm. And I really want to keep my collection going. So I'm, I'm trying to really double down on my man cave and mm-hmm. collectibles and stuff like that. And I'm trying to get into more higher end kind of investment pieces. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been doing that. But I don't know. I just want to have fun, fun doing whatever I'm doing. I don't want to be too stressed out. Yeah. And just want to keep it moving cool that's a good reason i yeah. mean it's now i've been so busy for so long now this is the first period of time where i'm like really analyzing quality of life a lot where i'm like all right i'm starting to get a little bit older um don't want to just be answering my phone all day long sure for everybody i want to like enjoy <laughs> i've gotten more. pretty good at it lately putting my phone down mm-hmm. i really I, I work nine to four mm-hmm. most days I pretty much work nine to four. I might take like an hour for lunch. I answer all my emails, hop on a couple calls. I only take non-emergency calls on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk to me about something like a lot of people comment, hey, can I talk shop with you about something or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, here's my calendar link. Mm-hmm. You can book it for Wednesday. Yep. That's it. Unless it's something urgent. Uh, I've gotten better at time blocking before nine o'clock. I do not work. Go for walks, drink coffee. Mm-hmm make breakfast, maybe a workout or something like that, play some video games, whatever I want to do. And then after 4 o'clock, it's, what do I want to do? Yep. I want to get on eBay. Do I want to go play cornhole in the backyard or ping pong, whatever I want to do. Brush your mullet. Brush my mullet. <laughs> put some put some product in there trying to get it grow back quicker. Yeah. It's a main and tail, man. Yeah. Um, cool. So let's, fun stuff. Um, I want to skip our podcast or book question we'll come back to that one okay. but since you mentioned your collection you got some crazy stuff in your house lots yeah. of really cool collectibles sports memorabilia yeah it's it's a lot of shoes a lot of bobbleheads action figures autographs i'm diving deep into sealed nintendo 64 games right okay. now that's kind of my yeah. obsession right now mm-hmm. so i just bought my first one the other day well, what'd you get uh, Gauntlet Legends for N64. I don't remember I'm that. really working on Zelda Ocarina of Time. I'm working on GoldenEye. Yeah. Mario there, Kart. That should be Kart, pretty easy, they, right? The Mario there, stuff? Yeah, but I'm looking for sealed graded stuff. Yeah. So it's factory sealed. It's never been opened. They're graded. Have you talked to Jerry Long? No. I, I think he commented. He owns Park Circle Comics. He lives around the corner. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Where's Park Circle Comics at? It's just out of his house. Oh, got it. Yeah, he's a... Really I'm trying to dude. find more collector people yeah. in Charleston. He goes really to a lot. Of, he gets calls. All you know, it's like we've got all these comic books and these boxes in our attic. Can you come look and make us an offer? So he gets. I collect comic books. Yeah, you got to talk to Jerry. Create a Facebook site for the. Year. I've been thinking about creating a Charleston uh, collector group because in talk Ohio to... there's a group called Neotech Northeast Ohio Toys and Collectibles Club. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's like you can find and buy anything there. You got to talk to Jerry, man. I think he's got a Facebook group. I'd, I'd love an intro. Yeah, I'll, I'll introduce you guys. Um, but yeah, bobbleheads, autographs, video games, art, sports cards. I'm not huge. I say I'm not huge in sports cards, but I keep buying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a very big problem with sports cards is they're not displayable. Mm-hmm. You have to like actually walk up and be like, yep. what is this? Yep. I don't like that. Um, so that's big money for that stuff. It like, is. It's a competitive one. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Like the the Ocarina of Time and the Golden Eye. Those I'm looking at spending two to five grand a piece on. That's crazy. Wow. 
and depending on the grades I'm trying to learn that whole system right yeah. now and make some make some good offers but uh, I was in auctions last night mm -hmm. I was I went out on a date with my girlfriend and I had like alarm set to make <laughs> final bids and yeah. stuff like that and, uh, but you know what you know would be boss you buy that golden eye you open it up and play it for the first time <laughs> that's when you're a boss luckily I have <laughs> luckily I have my golden eye still yeah. from when I was a kid so uh, I still but you don't spam that proximity mind do you <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I am a proximity mind guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a remote timer guy, so you hit okay. the watch button. Yeah. yeah, man, I was the, played the hell out of that. Um, I got somehow on like an email list. I think it was just a podcast for like pop culture and movie memorabilia yeah. auctions. Kind of almost went down that rabbit hole. I was like watching the auction pages and stuff. I am, I am into it. Yeah, I am into it. But these auction companies, it's such a scam. Like the, I just signed up for Heritage. Heritage is one of the big ones, yeah. but I've never really bought anything through Heritage. And so I was winning bitter on, uh, what was it, um, Turok 2 for N64 oh, okay. sealed. That was a good one. And my, my top bid was at like, I don't know, 320 bucks or something, and the bidding ended. I said, do you have top bid? I'm like, great. Won this bid. There's a huge buyer premium. It's like 15 or 20% or God. something. Yeah. And oh, my top bid was 280 and like with the fees, it was like 320 or 330 or something like that. And I... Bidding ended. I was top bid, and it says we're going to live bidding now. I'm like, mm. what does that even mean? Why? What is this? And it doesn't tell you how long it's going to last. And some guy came in and bid, and then when I got into bid, it was over. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just a scam. Yeah, it's that's sketchy. I stick to eBay for the most part. Yeah, at least you know the rules. Yeah. So, well, um, how about any books or podcasts or anything you've listened to lately that you liked? As far as podcasts, I really just listen to like part of my take, which is sports. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge podcast guy. If I'm in a long car ride, I'll throw some sports stuff on. Mm -hmm. As far as books, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is my favorite mm -hmm. book. Uh, living with a Seal, which is about David Goggins mm -hmm. living with Jesse Itzler. That's uh, that's an amazing book. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called Win the Day. I forget, I forget the author, uh, but Win the Day. That's been my big motto over the last couple months. Is mm -hmm. All I got to do is win today. Yeah. I don't have to win tomorrow. All I have to do is win today. So what do I have to get done today? Mm -hmm. Do I have to do I have to do this today? Mm -hmm. We're doing this today, make it a win. Do I have to go for a walk? Do I have to work out? All I have to do is work out today. I don't have to work out tomorrow. I don't have to read tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't have to eat healthy tomorrow. I just have to do it today. Yeah. And then tomorrow comes and I have to do it Just do it today. Right? Yeah. So... That's been kind of my motto is just trying to win each day. Cool. That's a really good one. That is great. Yeah, love it. Well, man, we really appreciate you being here. We got a couple little things that Dan will kind of clean up the to end us with, but um, that was awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, I absolutely love your guys' REI Central events. Thank at, you. Uh, at Palmetto. They are top-notch. Yeah. I try to go as much. I almost wish they were more frequent. Well, we're trying. We're doing a subgroup now. You need to go to that one. The last Thursday of each month, there's Got a multifamily and commercial. Oh, really? Yeah, we just started that last month, so the last Thursday of this month there yeah, will I be missed, one. I missed this this Thursday. Yeah. Um, I had some family in town. That's all good. I haven't gone. That's the first subgroup we're doing, and then we're going to hopefully eventually roll out like a flipping subgroup and a small residential um, landlord subgroup. But That's we're just awesome. trying to get the, the multifamily. Well, I, I will first. be there. Cool. I, am, I am officially a member. Yes. So... 
Yeah, I'm, I will be there. We'll yeah, we'll send the smaller ones at our new office yeah. slash warehouse. So we got once we get that up and running in a couple months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard I've heard crickets or not crickets. I've heard some chirps about this. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. The brain meeting, trust. Uh, meeting, actually, I got to leave in a couple minutes. Meeting Cam, Cam over there. Cam over there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's awesome. going to be pretty cool. So I'll be uh, quick on the outro of. Um, Again, yeah, really love this talk, man. It's great Thank to get you. to know you a little really bit more. This is an awesome me. conversation. Yeah. Um, quick eco tip. We'll go with the eco and some of the investment tip on this one is uh, using, you know, try to use reusable products over single use items. Um, a prime example, go in the grocery store, just grab your reusable bags. Um, try to bring a water bottle with you when you go spots. Uh, it's, it's just those little things really make a big dif difference in the environment. So uh, that's the eco tip for today. And supporting local business, talk about an eco-friendly company, uh, Candlefish. Uh, they make local candles out of recycled wine bottles. So it's pretty neat. And cool. uh, I'll actually toss a couple more on that. Park Circle, a lot of good restaurants we were just talking on. I don't mm -hmm. want to name a few, but there's... Uh, Vatican Whiskey. Vatican Whiskey. What's the other one you said that just opened? Tattooed Moose just moved yeah. up here. Um, Three Sirens. Three Sirens. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. like a fine dining. And then Momo's super cool over at the base. Um, don't talk about Momo's too much. It's really small, and it's already crowded enough. Yeah, don't it's, we go to Momo's. It's, it's gotten know. pretty crowded. I'm, I was afraid when they first opened, people weren't going to go over there. But they've got two restaurants. They have, like, the lunch spot downstairs. They do dinner, too, but then upstairs is, like, their fine dining place. So That's a great view, too. Yeah. That park's spectacular. It's awesome. It's spectacular. Yeah, I had no idea it was job. back there. I, I, drew, I walked, or I, when I first moved here, I was like, oh, let me go back to this park, and I, like, look back there, I'm like, like stinks because it's behind all the industrial stuff there. Yeah. And then like a month ago, I was like, oh, let's actually go to the park. It is it's as great. nice of a park as, as you can have. Yeah, they do weddings out there. Um, they have big events and stuff. I've yeah. seen Stephen Marley out there. I've mm -hmm. seen some, um, what's I see, a couple other big venue hits up there that they have like festivals. Food and wine festivals mm -hmm. yeah, and stuff there. like that. High water is just crazy. It's Isn't chaos. Coming up? It's this next month or this month. Yeah. And you'll hear it. I mean, you could, like, we sat on the porch one year and listened to the shins. And if you have just a boat, you can take your boat out yeah. and hang out there That's and listen sweet. to concerts. I think Modest really Mouse cool. is playing this year. They've got they, are, they are playing. Huge, Modest Mouse? Yeah, they got really big. Because like Carrie Ann Hurst and Michael Trent, her husband, they're like big local kind of folksy mus uh, musicians. They're the ones that run it. So they like actually perform in festivals, so they do a really good job organizing it because they know what it's like to be the artist at those things. So it's really cool. But All right, that is it, man. Um, Nick, thanks again. Thank you, guys. How can we get in touch with them to settle these deals? Nick at Legacy Wealth Holdings. Burton at LegacyWealthHoldings.com. Okay. Holdings with an S. Uh, or just find me on Facebook. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I'll link your um, email address. In the cool. Notes. Thank you. Appreciate All right. It, guys. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the REI Central Podcast presented by Maven Realty. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us. You can find us online at www.mavenrealtysc.com. We also hope to see you at our next REI Central meetup. More information on dates and tickets can be found at www.rei-central.com. Have a great day.